On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the boys will be talking some stupidity in Star Wars coverage. Star Wars pinball hitting the switch. Star Wars movie thumbs and they're new for Disney+. Plus. A couple new descriptions on some Black Series boxes that give us insights into Rey and Kylo. John Favreau pitching himself for more Star Wars projects. Five possible characters Ming-Na Wen could be playing in The Mandalorian. Eleven animated characters that could show up in The Mandalorian. And last but not least, you know what time it is. You know what episode it is. It's the primetime Star Wars time show. So we'll be doing the top five Star Wars artist features of the week. Cue the music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show. That's right, it's Matt and Nick, and we're strapped in for a proper episode of Star Wars Time Show. And by proper, I mean, well, it's one of the shows where we do our top five Star Wars featured artists at the end. We have plenty to talk about, as you heard from our lovely announcer. So let's get right into it. But the first thing I want to start out with, Nick, is a, a little PSA for Star Wars fans, and it's just to make sure that you know that there's always time for Star Wars time. So anyways, on on Monday of this week, the official Star Wars Twitter account tweeted out an image of Rey, beautiful Rey, with a quote, something inside me has always been there, but now it's awake. And more than a few geeky sites, Star Wars sites, whatever you want to call it, jumped on this tweet as if it were a brand new shot of Rey from The Rise of Skywalker. You know, I, it even popped up in, in my little secret feed that I have as I skim the internet each day to try to find new Star Wars stuff to write about, talk about, discuss, speculate on, create rumors from, whatever. So I pop it up, they're like, oh, new shot array, cool, I'll throw it up on Star Wars time. As soon as I pull up the tweet, I go, what in the shit is wrong with these people? I mean, how could anyone that calls himself a Star Wars fan or even just a geek. I mean, someone that literally puts out content onto a website. How could you look at this shot and go, oh, yeah, that's definitely a new shot of Ray. Right, it's, Nick? It's I mean, just, you've seen this thing. It's a goddamn joke. What is wrong with people? If you want legit dead. Star Wars news and opinions, you come to StarWarsTime.net. Not places like MovieWeb that put pictures like this and say it's a new shot of Ray. Yeah, I know. Just go to this Twitter image. The first thing you can see is that her outfit is not completely white, like the very like the 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 only shots that we've ever seen from from Tross. Everything she's wearing is white. Her her new attire. This is clearly not that. This is the outfit that she wore while she was training on Acto and TLJ. Also, the quote that is associated with the tweet is also a quote from TLJ. The right. only thing new about this image at all is that it's not moving. Like it in <laughs> TLJ, it was a movie in the image. Right. I mean, literally, Nick. It's. It, I'm pretty sure it's when she is fighting that that craggy rock. Yeah. And you know, Jedi Master Luke's watching her there, and, and this she's just kind of paused. It's just I don't know, man. It is sometimes. It, it, it which it frustrates me that you know we kill ourselves. We're doing this Star Wars thing. I did the e Entertainment Buddha thing for damn near 10 years and then, you know, I, I like to consider myself to be in the know with all things geek and you know then you have these big sites running with this type of garbage and people will still go to those big sites so your PSA my friends for those of you that may be new listeners new fans or just stumbled across this stupid podcast listen to us direct your Star Wars thoughts to us 
always go to StarWarsTime.net. That's where you're going to get the shit that matters for Star Wars fans. All right. So moving on to the real stuff here, Nick. Uh, last week, it kind of came out of nowhere, and this, you know, it's still not our Jedi Fallen Order, but we got news that a Star Wars game was headed to the Switch. Don't get that excited, my friends. It's nothing new, but if you are a fan of Zen Studios Pinball, in particular their Star Wars-themed boards, you can now play it on the Nintendo Switch. It's a perfect game for the Switch. I mean, we were talking in the previous episodes about how these remakes, you know, the remakes of uh, the Jedi Academy games, the, the you know, Jedi Outcast games are going to be coming to the Switch. It's another perfect fit on the Switch. It's easy to play. It's fast. It doesn't require any kind of you know, huge resolution TV. So if you're on a plane, if you're riding in a car, you have time to play a game. This is something perfect for the Switch, and it's Star Wars related. And if you like pinball, it's a, it's a bonus. Like, you know, if 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 you got a little, yeah, bit I'm not of gonna lie. Time, I mean, this is a hard hard game to get super excited about. I I actually have it, Nick. I've been playing it, and I kind of use my connections from Entertainment Buddhist, scored myself a code. Nice. So I will be reviewing it, and that will show up on StarWarsTime.net. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, people, they've actually, I mean, it, it goes for 30 bucks. 30 bucks, you get 19 different pinball tables, all themed after Star Wars, anything from character-themed tables to movie-themed tables. But they actually made a bunch of changes for the Switch, such as you can literally play in vertical mode, where you flip the Switch around if you're holding it and have the table go up the vertical side of the screen, which I thought was pretty neat. <laughs> uh, there's a mode called Career Mode, which mixes up essentially 300 mini-games to where you just play them on the go real quick. You're not playing a full game of pinball to see how high of a score you can get. You're actually given objectives like can you use the flipper 200 times before losing a ball or can you make the ball travel a certain amount of parsecs before your turn's over. So, well, I mean, if you haven't, if you didn't kind of pick it up from Nick's tone when he's talking about Star Wars pinball, it's not the most glorious and sexy Star Wars game to talk about. But visually it looks fantastic. There are specific changes to the Zen Studios pinball formula for the Switch for this game. Uh, so it's something if you're out in the go and you just like brainless shit to play on or if you got five minutes to fire up, highly recommend. Full review will be coming soon, probably this week on StarWarsTime.net. Yeah, pick it up, 30 bucks, really fun game. I grew up playing pinball, like physical pinball. I had a pinball machine in my garage that my dad salvaged, so... It, you know, throw some Star Wars skins on a pinball game. Yeah, speaking of your dad, yep. now that MT got that big pay raise, is your dad rich now? <laughs> I doubt it, but you know. No, you know. He, didn't like, he didn't like slide him a $100,000 tip just for being a good guy and helping him out when he was poor. Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas, he's got, he's got a lot of money out there. But dude, he's paid, man. He's, I mean, he's got like, what, 60 million guaranteed? Dude, he's Throw got, some of that to the Caminitas. He's got a lot. Get, get, Nick, a, get Nick a week at the, at the Halcyon Hotel. Yeah, just get me something, Michael, but no. <laughs> no <laughs> nothing that I've heard of yet other than a nice signed jersey that's personalized to me. 
and then you know some there some late go. night texts from Michael asking my dad to fix some stuff around the house. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, now who knows where Mike will be moving to these days? But Oof, hopefully, yeah. he keeps your dad around as a a handyman fix it type of guy. Yeah, you never know. We we may be getting hell. We got fucking Michael Thomas on the show, right? Yeah, Why maybe not? so. I don't know. If he's Why a not? Star Wars I mean, fan. we're alumni. I don't know if he graduated from Ohio State, but I did. You know, he's my boy. He's hey. playing for Nick's team. So there you go. All right. Anyways, I know some of you probably like, what the fuck are these? guys even talking about well and that's why we're awesome my friends <laughs> not only are we super star wars nerds but we're also not socially uh inept incompetent yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right dude moving on uh th- this was kind of cool i mean a- at least for people that get little chubbies about what their thumbnails or cover art looks like in their digital libraries Trust me, I'm one of them. I, I can't remember how much time I used to spend back in old iTunes updating cover art on albums to make sure everything looked good. These days, I don't really give a shit. But, Nick, we got, and, and this was weird, it's like in the in the Netherlands or Denmark or something, they already have Disney+, Plus. so some people were sharing their experience. Uh, the one thing they shared, Nick, is we got the new thumbnails for the Star Wars, at least the Skywalker Saga films on Disney+. And there, it is quite a refresh in terms of the art that goes on these thumbnails. Yeah, it's not the typical stuff that you would see on the DVD or Blu-ray covers from these movies. It's not even in line with what we see on the, you know, the, the Ultimate Edition Blu-ray release that came out a while ago. These are brand new kind of, you know, assemblies of art pieces for these for these digital covers, these thumbnails, and they all look really cool. You know, each one of them is kind of hued in a specific color that is more, yeah. you know, I don't want to say more appropriate for that movie, but you know, some of them are, you know, Revenge of the Sith. You have a very, you have a red hue. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that, man. They, they, uh, the colors mean something here. Yeah. You know what I mean, like they definitely pick the hues for a reason. Yeah. I mean the, I guess the oddest ones or one for me is the force awakens almost has like a gold kind of right. like a right. gold orange kind of tint. Um, yeah, I thought the purple on the New Hope was a little odd. That but is I'm like, awesome. yeah, you know, they just they fused Obi Wan and Vader saber together, and there's that's purple. yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> Empire, you know, Luke Luke lights up the Jedi one nice and green. That's easy. Yep, that one's easy. Empire, they went with like a white Hoth kind oh, yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that, makes that was sense. solid. That makes sense. You know what? You know what? Out of all of these, the Last Jedi literally was just like, you know what? Fuck it, we'll just use the movie poster for that. One. Yeah, I know they they didn't do too much change into that <laughs> one. <laughs> like they just, so. Do you do you think now the uh, Lucasfilm's own art department has a thing against TLJ? Has it gotten that bad? They're like, we're not remaking it. We just fucking yeah. did it. I'm done Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck Ryan Johnson. Yeah. He's not really getting a new trilogy. It's all a lie. What I really like about the Empire one is they have Boba like right up front, very prominent. Very, and the guy's like a fucking nudnik. Yeah. I mean, he's got what like a speaking line yeah he's no good to me dead exactly and he is like your central figure there oh yeah like you'd think he is a main character basically him and yoda are the main characters and then everyone else is secondary oh yeah i I will tell you something though dude and I, i put this in the post when i wrote it they fucking knocked the prequel thumbnails out of the park oh yeah dude out of the fucking park i mean i look at those three movies now and go 
these are clearly the most interesting Star Wars films based on the thumbnail. If you've never seen any of the Star Wars movies, you would look at these thumbnails and be like, oh man, I got to start off with the top three. Like I have to start <laughs> off with one, two. They look the bad, most bad. Like if you look at the fucking thumbnail for Revenge for Rots, like you're like, holy fuck. Like you see, you know, Hayden oh, Christensen yeah, looking sinister. all angry. Like, you know, the... The clash, you know, when they're when they're fighting on oh, that yeah. bridge, and then the the, you get the shell of the Death Stars on there. Oh, dude! I mean, it's a fucking badass. Look, it's C three with red eyes. See, look He's at always him. Existed. Rampo has been there the whole time, but yeah, I mean, you know, even, even AOTC. I mean, I, I look at that. I'm like, man, that Anakin guy looks fucking angry. I can see how he becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, and then you got Mace in the background yeah. wielding the lightsaber. Mo- Mullet Kenobi. <laughs> Mullet Kenobi, dude. That look was so bad. I just, it's awful. Like, I mean, it's, it's just. I mean, that just <laughs> compounds how shitty Attack of the Clones is. But it's like, who who looked at you and be like, yeah, let's give you a fucking mullet. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I gotta agree, man. Like, if I'm looking at this, I gotta say my favorite one is Rots. Rots looks so cool. Yeah, I, I'd probably go TPM. I mean, it looks very, uh, it's, it's very fantasy-ish, yeah. almost dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is funny that, at least to us, our least favorite trilogy, The Age of the Republic, somehow got the best-looking thumbnails for Disney+. Plus. They had to sell it. They, they knew it. They had to sell it with the thumbnails. So, but yeah, I mean, this is a cool thing that, you know, like Matt said, there are people who already have access to Disney Plus out there. I also think that you have the ability to now, maybe within the states, you can scroll through or at least look what is you know at the things that are going to be available on Disney Plus, even though you can't access them yet. Um, so yeah, I mean Disney Plus is rolling right around the corner. We're we're recording this on September seventeenth. Release day for Disney Plus is November twelfth. So we're less oh, than yeah. two we're, months. We're out. under we're under eight weeks, which is nice, dude. So why do you think it released early in foreign territories? Do you think like someone flicked the switch incorrectly and they're just like, ah, eh, fuck it, or is this Disney taking smaller territories yeah. with less connected people and kind of almost beta testing that's that's kind of what my mindset was here on this is that you know the netherlands denmark places like that where one the internet connectivity isn't strong and two the the market isn't huge is a perfect testing ground so like you know me and matt were bitching about my internet earlier because we had some technical difficulties before we went live here but you know some countries you're not talking about you know connections in the 100 megabit, 300 megabit, 500 megabit. You're talking about connections in the 10 megabit, 5 megabit, 15 megabit. Or you could be talking about America where it's still fucking kilobits. Yeah. I mean, it's like you understand, we, we have one of the worst internet infrastructure, broadband infrastructures in the world. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So you can't obviously release to test markets in America to do this kind of thing. So territories like that, like Denmark, Denmark, the Netherlands, smaller Scandinavian countries where the internet's not like super fast and there's not a ton of people are perfect, like perfect test market. That's, that's the way that I think about it. Just makes me wish that I would have taken a fucking vacation or something like that to, uh, to the Netherlands right when this dropped. So I could get my hands on a little early, but yeah. Very interesting. Oh, well. Sucks for us. We don't live in some backwards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on here to our next little item. So 
let's just say Nick and I finally got our shit together and we comb Star Wars leaks on a daily now. Yeah. Uh, but we got a little leak here on some of the information on the back of the boxes for the new Black Series figures that are probably going to come out on Force Friday, which I believe is October 4th. Fuck, that's coming up. That's going to get me all stressed out. Oh, no. Um, oh, dude, I'll probably <laughs> do the midnight shit. Uh, I don't know why, but I'll, I'll probably end up doing it. We'll see. We'll, maybe we'll do a cast for that as we get close. Uh, but what we got, Nick, here, not only did we get some shots of the leaked figures in box, but more importantly, the back of the box typically has, uh, you know, little descriptions of the characters. So we got looks at the Kylo Ren Tross figure, the Ray Tross figure, uh, a Sith Trooper, Cal Kestis from Fallen Order, the Mandalorian. That's a great looking one, too. And then Second Sister, and this is an interesting one. Nick and I will kind of talk where we think this is going to be, but Off-World Jawa. Off-World Jawa. And, of course, First World, or First World Stormtrooper, who cares? But uh, first thing I want to kind of touch on, Nick, are the uh, descriptions on Kylo and Ray's back of the box. So Kylo Red, as Supreme Leader of the First Order, Kylo Ren wields more power than ever before. Nevertheless, Ren continues to search for secrets of the Force, from the depths of the dark side. Yeah, so this is kind of in line with what we were expecting for Kylo's story arc here. We know that he's searching out this power that's going to eventually lead him to the unknown regions. It's, you know, now it's called the beyond, yeah, which, but you know. Apparently, as we're getting more leaks out there, and, and Nick and I, by the way, surprise, we're probably going to be doing a, a leaky, leaky ass, like a very leaky ass spoiler cast this week as our next episode to kind of touch on the some of the stuff that a few of you have DM'd us about, which we love. I mean, I, the fact that you guys want to know our opinions on some of these leaks, we're all for it. We kind of have a little policy on that, but we'll go into that in the next episode. But either way, uh, you know, we didn't even need the leaks to figure that out, right, Nick? Yeah. I mean, we, we've already speculated that based on what we've kind of heard and what we've seen in the trailers, Kylo is seeking out something he knows is out there in the unknown regions. And, and more than likely, it's... A, a great power on the dark side of the force, which lo and behold, we now know is going to be Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, he is trying to get a vice grip on this galaxy kind of like Palpatine had on the galaxy during the age of rebellion. Right. And apparently, sorry to jump in one more time. Apparently what kind of kicks off this search, you know, this him searching for secrets of the force is that in his heart of hearts, apparently he, he knows or knew that there was something behind Snoke. There's something behind Snoke's power. Yeah. And, and that's what kind of leads him on this discovery of, okay, I need to find this device. This device is going to take me to the promised land. Yeah. So that's, and that's something else that we're going to get into, like Matt said in the spoiler cast. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do it now, but yeah. we did it. You guys strong armed us. Uh, <laughs> it didn't take a lot. I mean, I've just per personally been trying to avoid mega leaks especially from sites like msw that i trust that have usually been right in the past because they're usually right so i don't want to fucking know everything yeah you I mean, know we're star yes, wars we are fans a star too. wars site we call ourselves star wars time and we do a podcast but we're still fans and we still want to be mostly surprised like the rest of you but anyways we'll, we'll get into that to the next cast so it's kind of nice getting that that blurb on kylo's box i mean the figure I feel like it's another fucking re-release of Ren and the Helmet, but the fact that the helmet has the red rips in it, I'm going to have to get it. Yep. That's just how it goes. Uh, then we also got Ray's figure. Not a huge fan of the face right now. Uh, but anyways, her description. 
Rey continues to study the Jedi ways, but she grows concerned about what the future and the Force may hold in store for her. That so. yeah, that is definitely interesting because we've already heard and we've already seen Dark Side Ray concerned about what the future and the Force may hold for her. Is she like you said in the post matter? Is she feeling some pull to the dark side? Is she unsure about where the Force is taking her? Exactly. You know, like that. That's some big questions for Ray right now. Is you know she's still kind of nascent in her. And oh, her yeah. force and it, it, again, it plays into these goddamn leaks out there, and it's just making me believe the leaks are more and more true, and I pretty much know the entire fucking movie at this point, but that's what you do when people are like, hey, you want to talk about the leaks? I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about the leaks, and then my inner fanboy's going, you want to fucking read the leaks. I know, so it's I tough. I start reading them, and then I'm like, shit, fuck. I like that. I, I, it's so funny because like Matt's reading the leaks, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like I'll I'll go over them soon. And then ten minutes later, Matt messaged me. He's like, "Fuck, man, I read them. I feel like shit. I don't oh, yeah, know why yeah. I like, did it." I, I was melting down live <laughs> as I'm. It'd be like I mean, it's like drinking bleach, you know, just doing something stupid. But I couldn't help myself. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's tough. Uh, I've already I've already had the first glass. Might as well just kill myself at this yeah, point. Yeah, just so. finish it up finish it up yeah uh other figures didn't really care too much about but this off-world jawa homeboy yeah is this jedi fallen order or the mandalorian i feel like this has got to be mando right like this to me Me seems like the perfect mandalorian character we've only ever seen jawas on tatooine and their eyes were like if you look at this jawa you know he's got a different color cloak because the the jawas on tatooine wear black or brown their eyes were a different color they were orange this guy's got red eyes yeah he, he looks like he developed a a severe death stick habit yeah wherever he call. went right that's a good call but yeah I mean, it's an interesting little character here we could see in mando one other thing i did want to call out though matt is if we go back to the sith trooper um yeah. So the Sith Trooper, a lot of the speculation was around, like, these guys were the Palp Forces. These were the yeah, ones that were, out, that. that were out in the Unknown Regions. But the, the you know, quote on the back of the box says, yep. in its ultimate push towards galactic conquest, the First Order readies an army of elite soldiers that draws inspiration and power from the dark and ancient legacy. So these guys are not the Palpatine forces that we initially thought. They're going to be No, you're right. I'm First glad you, you went back to that because I, I forgot they pointed that out. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Snoke in his time or even Kylo in his time as Supreme Leader has been training select First Order troopers to, yeah. to join this um, division. Maybe. I mean, again, going back to the, to the Knights of Ren, who we've never seen yet, but we know that these guys are supposed to be Force-sensitive force you know force using people maybe this is their division like maybe the the knights of ren has you know have been kind of you know shepherding these guys around which is why we haven't seen them because they've always been with the knights so um really interesting call out on that i think it's a a, you know really kind of clears things up what's going to be interesting is who the fuck is on all those star destroyers that are out there in the unknown regions then like what like are they just old school imperial stormtroopers um, or they well if you read some leaks you yeah. might might have an idea so. <laughs> so i'm just sitting here like fuck shit damn it <laughs> i hate that i've read all this stuff because 
I'm being serious, dude. I, I I think these guys are on to something, at least in terms of like a general outline, like the main beat, 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 beat. I, I think they're hitting them. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I mean, these guys. Oh, my God. And that that's the problem with leaks because if I like what I'm reading and it doesn't happen, then then you kind of set yourself up to become a TLJ asshole, right? Yeah. I mean, well, hell, I, I wouldn't say that. I'll tell. I'll admit it right now. The reason I don't like the prequels is because they didn't live up to what I had in my head. Yeah, I mean, I think right? that's a lot of what's happening and now. And just back then, I mean, we had to rely on like, oh, this one website in 1999 put up a leak. Oh, it's got to be true. So I'd be reading all this shit, and be like, yeah, 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 these movies sell fucking red. And then I get there and I'm like, trade, trade federation and so, taxation of roots and. Yeah, like, the fuck is this? What is going on here? This is not what was in Ain't It Cool News, okay? Like Exactly. <laughs> See, Nick's got it. Yeah, the one site that yeah, was, that was up and covering Star Wars stuff back then. But you know what I mean, man? And that's like, I do like reading the leaks. I can't help myself. I mean, it's, 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 it's a very odd thing where I know it's bad to do, but I do it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, that's cool, and now we can riff and speculate. But I, I, if I like what I'm reading, it doesn't happen. Is is the movie going to be spoiled now? Is it going to affect the way I go into the movie? So whatever. Yes. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. I can't help it. Nick. Yeah. It's Nick's fault. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it all. But this it, is it, the I, I'll tell you right now, the, the next cast is going to be an absolute spoiler fuck off. I just, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive into this Praxis stuff now. I've already burned my eyes. My brain will never recover. I might as well just spew it. Yeah, I know. We'll, so. we'll get it out there. And it's because... Nick may just have to be on in spirit and <laughs> stick his fucking two fingers in his ears if he's going to try to make I'm it not through. Gonna, I, I, I will bite the bullet, too. Look, our fan. this is the first time that we can say, look, we've been doing Star Wars time for a long time, Matt and I. We've been doing it since before TFA released. When Matt and I found out that Star Wars was coming back full time, we were like, we need a podcast. We need to just podcast on it, make it a thing that we do every week. And this is like within the past eight months or so is when we've really started to pick up, really started to get good fan interaction. And you guys asking us about the leak, this is the reason that we're going to be doing the leak cast. So this is the first time that we've had like people regularly interacting with us, asking us to do things. We have some special stuff coming up for you guys in November too. We have a really... Awesome special guest coming on in November, maybe Again, November, it December. Again, came from the community, though. Came like a from community, community member, pointed us to an opportunity. We jumped on it. It's pretty much locked down, so that should be rad. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is nice to hear the people that are listening. The same person that hooked us up with the connection for an interview in November He's also going like, hey, man, when are you guys going to do the, the question episode? So Okay, there we, we go. <laughs> we do appreciate it. There are a few of you listening, and some of you aren't even dedicated toy photographers that only listen when you're in the top five. Yeah. And, you know, I might be I might be digging at you guys a little bit. And if you're a real Star <laughs> Wars fans, stick with us for every episode. Listen to them all, damn it, not just when you're in it. But I get it. You know, you, you have your time, and you can only listen to so much. But in the end, fucking listen to Star Wars time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> you had one more thing for the fans? No, yeah, no. Look, we'll get to the question cast because I know that Matt's been throwing up the images, the, you know, ask your questions. Yeah, I got I got a new graphic. I'm, I'm actually going to drop it. If you're listening to this cast fresh as it just came out on Wednesday, I should have the graphic up at some point Wednesday to solicit a few more questions. Yeah, but, so once we uh, get... The, the plan is more. to have a special cast just with questions, and we'll keep that up if we keep getting the interaction. But... It's a two-way street. 
We need you to interact with us because you know our dumbasses will be turning on the mics at least once a week and trying to interact with you. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next kind of light story here before we get into our deeper speculative posts. Uh, it was funny today, uh, some news came out. It was a little blip. I wouldn't even say a news. It was, it was just kind of John Favreau doing his thing. I mean, I don't blame the guy, but uh, John Favreau has pitched himself to Disney to helm a new Star Wars holiday special for Disney+. Plus. So if you don't know what the fuck the Star Wars holiday special is, it's that's probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, it's considered one of the worst uses of the license of all time. Uh, it's a joke. If you ever heard about Life Day or you yeah. ever wondered where the character of Boba Fett come, came from, it all goes back to the Star Wars holiday special, which <laughs> I threw up a post today. The video's in there if you want to watch it. It, it. it is like, dude, I mean, I was just watching some of it, and I, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure I saw it when I was little, like reruns or whatever, but it's like how could George Lucas or anyone at, at 20th Century Fox sit there and go, oh, yeah, 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 go ahead and do that with our license and dude. our brand-new super popular franchise. Go ahead and, yeah, do the, that, do that, do yeah, do that. The way – I don't know how they convinced – Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and oh, Harrison yeah, Ford. Jesus Christ. I mean, especially like, Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison in particular. But it was just so bad. And, like, <laughs> it, I can remember watching that, and for some reason, Luke looked like he was, like, shiny. Like, it was just... He looks not human. <laughs> he does Like, he doesn't dude. look real. It looks so... It's so bad. It's so fucked. It, it's nonsensical. It's basically. I mean, half of it, it takes place on Kashyyyk with yeah. Chewbacca's family, and, and they don't look like Wookiees. They look like cheap ass dollar store costumes. But yep. then you had, you know, Mayhew and the real one. So, I mean, like I said, the only redeemable quality out of the original holiday special, which came out in 78, is the fact that that's where the character of Boba Fett essentially. Was, was, first was thought out. I mean, that, that's where you get the blue Mandalorian. That's where you get the Mandalorian's prong gun. All that's from the holiday special. So naturally, uh, John Favreau, the Mandalorian showrunner, was asked about it. And, and he pretty much on the, the red carpet for the Saturn Awards, which are kind of Emmys, Golden Globes for geeky stuff. He pretty much pitched it like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do another Star Wars holiday special for Disney+. Plus." At so, this point. Let Favreau do anything he wants. Like, the guy just doesn't drop the ball. Like, he's never made a bad movie. He's never, like, the by the way Mandalorian seems to be going, the fact that, you know, everybody is as hyped for it as we, as we are. And, you know, from what Matt and, you know, me and the intern saw at, at Celebration for Mandalorian. The intern. The intern. Ryan, the intern. Fucking bomb. <laughs> but as, you know, everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard, all of the interviews, like this guy's gonna knock it out the park. Just, just get ready for it. So I'm all for giving him a fucking holiday special. Now, are they gonna do it with Ray Poe Finn? I doubt it. <laughs> you know, he may be able to swing. You know, Mando, Cara Dune, and then you know another character from the Mandalorian. But grief, grief, carga, good old grief, carga. Yeah. Uh, so you, you'd want it to be kind of a like an homage to the, the original where it's kind of a, a like tongue-in-cheek clusterfuck? I don't know, dude. I don't want it to be bad on purpose. <laughs> like, I, I know where you, like the angle, but, oh, God. Like, I mean, w- would we get uh, – what what does Life Day in 2019 look like? Or would, yeah. b- would Blue Boba make a return in live action? I would definitely want to see it still revolve around Life Day. I mean – 
as somebody who played Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, regularly. Life Day was a regular celebration that they would have every year, so you would have Life Day events and stuff like that. And, and that more than likely was a, a nod and an Easter oh, yeah. egg and a poking fun at oh, the yeah. Life Day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but then another thing is, is like, you know, if you've ever watched network, you know, television, sitcoms, anything like that, every television series has some sort of like holiday themed episode every year. Like whether it be a Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- this Christmas thing came out in a whole different era of TV. I mean, back then you still only had the main networks. I don't even know if cable was fully out yet in the late 70s. Uh, you know, so at, at most you, you could watch CBS, ABC, NBC yeah you know on a friday night so yeah i mean now it's the type of shit you got (laughs) now i mean it's perfect you don't have to you don't have to link this to any sort of like earth you know holiday you can you can do it for christmas and have it be the life day special but it's just something where you know life day would play a role in what's happening here you know like it's it's life day the mandalorian is, you know, all of a sudden something pops up. There's been like a kidnapping on Life Day, like some ch- uh, children were kidnapped and he's got to go save them and reunite them with their family for life. Something like that. You know, it's definitely possible. Do I want to see fucking shitty ass Wookiee costumes and all of our favorite characters from the original Star Wars movie acting terribly and fucking polished like to not oh, they, they just look, look like they all wanted to be dead yeah they're like i don't know i mean carrie frischer she's probably hyped up on some sort of crank like you said mark was probably a robot and harrison ford was probably drunk yeah i mean it, it's ridiculous i don't know dude it's just and if you think about it like i remember i watched this original life day cut and there was all of the original commercials in it and i have to say the best thing about that whole was, thing yeah. where the commercials we're watching the yeah. commercials from 1978 <laughs> like that was anyway like, your homework my friends if you have not seen star wars the holiday special we've got it for you on starwarstime.net i'm sure nick will link to it oh, in yeah. the cast post for this uh, episode check it out and i think you only need like a half hour and you're gonna sit there and go well, how the fuck did star wars ever recover after this yeah i know like dude. how was there even an empire strikes back this could have tanked the whole franchise thank it god <laughs> like it is a nightmare yeah. but it's become like a a cult classic so it is it has but oof. all right so moving on to what we do what we like to do and that is to speculate after we've been given little nuggets of information to parse so uh i kind of went a little crazy last week and earlier this week and got back to the video game that's something i want to try to do more and more it just comes down to life all right you know we do what we do we both have real jobs it is what it is but anyways the first one I did, Nick, and uh, I think we talked about it a little bit of this because it stems from quotes from John and Dave on The Mandalorian, but I, I did a video uh, essentially speculating on five possible characters from Star Wars Expanded Universe that Ming-Na Wen could play in The Mandalorian, and I, I based it on the interviews from John and uh, Dave Filoni. Essentially, the, the Filoni quote is the one that I really ran with, and, and that's what spawned two videos for the Mandalorian and and the quote again if you forget is he said having a character you woke you wrote not woke you wrote woke wrote woke walk up and talk to you in full costume on a set that you imagine that was a wonderful thing so Nick and I we we kind of did our parsing of it and we both said 
how else can you interpret that statement? He's literally saying, you know, if you happen to create a character in an animated world and then you see it in the live world standing next to you, that's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, the best way to, to interpret that quote. And Filoni, like, what is very unique about having Filoni on Mandalorian is all of the ties, like you mentioned, that he has to these animated series. So you're working within a similar timeline. You know, Rebels and Mando happen, you know, they're very close together. So these characters can definitely well, even, even Clone Wars characters. Clone Wars fit. characters can come in, too. Like, we, we'll mention one of those Clone Wars characters in the next piece that we're going to go over. But like, Yeah, right. So... Yeah. I mean, basically, he says that Favreau, right, he goes on record basically saying, hey, guys, I don't want to say anything, but when you're asking me if we're going to have expanded universe characters on the show, wink, wink, yeah, you're asking the right questions. Uh, I mean, you're probably not going to get a Thrawn, you know, someone that impactful. You're not going to get legacy characters. Uh, but, you know, the, the analogy they made with the toys, I mean, you're going to get kind of the backup, the, the cantina crowd, but... You still have Boba Fett, so you're still going to be able to tell a really great story. So anyways, based on what those guys were giving us, Nick, I laid down five characters that Ming-Na Wen could play that come from the EU. Uh, specifically, well, a majority of them come from Filoni's creations. Yes, yes. Um, so the first one here I threw up was Sabine Wren, clearly making the uh, clarification that probably not going to happen just based on the age. This is not a knock on Ming-Na. Ming she is an ageless beauty. There's no doubt about it. I think she could play someone in her mid-30s, but that's about how old Sabine would be based on my very intense calculation. She'd be about 34, 35 at this point in time. I just don't know if that matches up with Ming-Na. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it would be the best of the characters, in my opinion, that we're going to go over to bring in because she has the richest story to tell still. Uh, so, I mean, like, in, including who we're going to talk about next. But, you know, again, like, Sabine looked very Asian in the cartoon series. Ming Nan wins, obviously, uh, of Asian descent. Um, she's a badass fighting fighter. abilities. Yeah. Like everything, she's a fucking up. Mandalorian, like a legit Mandalorian with with pull. Like her family has pull; their clan is respected. Yeah, like this would be a perfect character for Ming Na Wen to portray if the age thing lined up. Like, like they were saying though, like in a cartoon series, it's hard to 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 like show somebody as early 30s or like mid 30s. Like you can't really tell age. Well, I, I mean, I went point. on. Wikipedia and it lists it lists Sabine as born 21 BBY. So basically, by the time she hits a new hope, she's 21. She's 21, yeah. And then, all right, we know from a new hope, the Jedi that span what three years ish, something like that. Yeah, this is 20. So 25 ish, and now we know that after Jedi, this is gonna be about eight. So like I said, 34 ish, probably a stretch, but yeah, hey, it'd be neat. It'd be awesome, actually. So that was the first one I threw out there. Uh, up next, this one I think is probably the most unlikely just because of the pedigree of the character and the, and the fandom behind her. Yeah. But that would be Sabine's travel companion post-Return of the Jedi. I mean, we know they link up. That was in the prologue for Rebels, the finale. And that's Ahsoka. Yeah. And here, Nick... It's a bit of a reach, not so much appearance or age, because age would be spot on. I mean, Ahsoka's a Clone Wars era character, so she's probably well into her 40s, 50s by the time we get to Mando. 
I my biggest con against Ahsoka, and I'm interested in what you say, is she's just too large of a Star Wars character. I mean, to me, she's almost like legacy size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that this is the way that you bring her in. Exactly. Like if you're, like she almost has to get her own deal or a continued animated series. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring in Ahsoka Tano in like a three episode arc on the Mandalorian. If you're going to bring in that character, it has to be in a super substantial way and it has to be in a long lasting way, you know, preferably I could see Sabine coming in for three episodes, the Mandalorian helping her out, you know, like she's looking for somebody in her search for Ezra. Okay. That makes sense in the galaxy as it is now. And in going along her journey, this could happen. But and and it would be easy for that character to transition and transition out um, without there being like a lot of disruption to that character's journey. For Ahsoka, like you said, she's got this mystique around her now. Like she's become almost to the level of people that we've um, not even almost like she's revered to a level of movie characters of you know anakin and but that's Obi-Wan what i mean i mean she's like almost achieved legacy status yeah. meaning the skywalkers oh yeah so i agree that if we're gonna bring in ahsoka in any way to some sort of long-form television it, i would want to see her as the primary character the other right. thing that people are throwing out against Magna as ahsoka is that like ashley Eckstein has a very a very unique voice that is attached to that character and i don't know if if like Ming Na playing her, that's could a, that's a fantastic that point. Yeah, yep, you're you're exactly right. So I mean, Ming Na definitely has like a, a bit of a deeper voice, but um, I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> hey, people. That's why we keep him around. It's for those little nuggets he digs up every once in a while. Yeah, so that, that's a very good point, though. I mean, that that even makes it even less of a possibility in my mind. The voice, a hundred percent. Yeah, so. Again, I would love to see it. I hope we do see Ahsoka return, not even, you know, outside of the revival of Clone Wars. I want to see that character. Well, we have to, thing. man. I mean, they can't, and I've talked to the intern about this, you can't leave characters at the level of Thrawn, Ezra, just f- fucking undetermined, like MIA. You can't. And the fact that they set up that Ahsoka and Sabine are essentially going on that mission, I mean, it's just, it seems like it's perfect for a new cartoon series, live action, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I agree. Up next, and this one is kind of a deep cut, but uh, age wise would be perfect, plus it would tie into the, the heart of the show, and that is Ursa Wren, who is Sabine's mother. Uh, again, as Nick said, the, the Wrens were Asian looking for star wars if that makes any sense ursa ren is a clan leader very well respected on mandalore so you have the ties there naturally she's a mandalorian so she can fight it all bodes well for Mingna's skills it just is it too big of a deep cut but honestly i think that's what these guys are looking for yeah. right i mean that's their whole pitch is you're not getting the primo action figures you're getting the reese and or the or the yak face or the hammerheads so Ursa could be a good fit. I mean, like you said, she could be used in every episode or just come in for a three-episode arc because she's not this main main from any of the existing Star Wars Expanded Universe shows. Totally agree. And, and going back to how Sabine would be used, 
I mean, you could even keep that same thread going, except that, you know, Ursa is now, you know, she doesn't know where Sabine is. Like, did Sabine tell Ursa that she was going after, you know, looking for Ezra? Does she know where she is? That could be an easy way to get her in there. But obviously, like you said, Ursa Wren is a clan leader on Mandalore, and this guy is an actual Mandalorian. So, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this motherfucker just knows Ursa Wren. So... Uh, yeah, so I, I do have a feeling, or at least I hope, that whoever Ming-Na's playing is a Mandalorian. I think that would bring a very interesting dynamic. It would allow the writers to explore the inner workings of the titular character more. I mean, we don't even know his name. That's probably going to come out. We're probably going to get some backstory. So what better way to have you know, someone like Ming-Na playing these Mandalorian characters that... You know, maybe we're two bit in their own own properties, but as I said, I believe that's it lines up with the mantra John and Dave have been putting out there that hey, we are going to be incorporating some people you may have noticed in the back of the room or randomly here, here, or there. So yeah, um, I I like that one. I mean, everything, age, looks, skills, all fits. Uh, next one, we're still not done with the Mandalorians, um, and this one may be deep for some of you if you weren't paying attention to the Clone Wars or Rebels, but there's a pretty important character featured in, in both of those franchises called Bo-Katan Kreese, yep. or Kreese, I don't know how her last name spelled, but, but she's the sister of Duchess Satine. During the Clone Wars, she was kind of rogue. She's the one that fell in with Pre Vizsla. She was the and, leader of Death Watch eventually, right? Or she was in Death right. Watch she, I think she took over. Pre Vizsla was the leader, yeah. and, and but either way, she was a ba- she was kind of a bad egg. I mean, she helped to break down the the her sister's rule. She essentially allowed the uh, the separatists to come in and the Empire, this, that, and the other thing. But by the time Rebels wraps. Bo-Katan has essentially made amends with Mandalore. Uh, she teams up with the rebels through Sabine and Ursa Wren. They kind of link up. And, and by the time the show ends, Sabine gives Bo-Katan the Darksaber, which essentially says, you are the leader of Mandalore now. So by the time Rebels ends, and I'm sure more hardcore fans can correct me if I'm wrong, but Bo-Katan is the leader of Mandalore. Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like you said, the dark saber lies with the leader of Mandalore, and that you know Sabine giving that to Bo-Katan puts her in that position. Um, I think that this would be a fantastic fit as well. Not only one because if she still got the dark saber, seeing that in live action would be fucking badass. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, That's all we come care on. about. I'm all about it. Um, two, again, like this is even more so than. I don't, I don't want to say even more so than Ursa, but like Bo-Katan is a badass on the level of what we've seen Agent May in Agents oh, of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like she is a fighter. She's a killer. She is like somebody who was menacing and who has a, 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 a strength that Ming-Na Wen would be able to portray perfectly on the screen. They'd have to dye her hair red, but that's not a big deal. Um, I think that that would be honestly out of all of these, it would that would probably be my preferred, um, my preferred I agree. person. I agree. Um, I don't know if they have somebody else like in in mind or if you know if she. Well, uh, some know. people that watched the video and commented, they're like, "Well, they would never let anyone but Katie Sackoff play Bo, and that's because that's who she voices on the cartoons." Oh, okay, part. yeah. I mean that makes sense, and Katie Sackoff actually 
is a fucking badass too. I don't know if she's been cast in the Mandalorian. If she has, then fucking right. Like put her in it. Um, but you know, based off of Ming-Na, her, her skill set and what she does well, I think that Bo-Katan would be a perfect. Oh yeah. It definitely matches up everywhere. I mean, age skills, the Mandalore ties, it would all make for some great stories in the Mandalorian. So the last one here and I don't know. I mean, I, I probably was influenced by some stuff Favreau said or, or other things I've, I've kind of picked up on. But I'm going with a Legends character. So this is like Legends. old school EU. I hope people understand there's still a new expanded universe that is considered canon. Yes. I mean, that's what <laughs> Rebels is and Resistance and shit like the that. The new okay. novels as well. Yeah, all right, good. All thanks. <laughs> I don't know if people understand what the EU actually means or if they just automatically go back to it. Well, it's all the old stuff. At the, at Disney ruined it all. Fuck that. But no, that those are called legends now. So uh, I'm going with a legends character here, and it's it's Mary Jade. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, would line up with Mingna's fighting prowess. But my biggest con here for this is like, no, you don't bring in this legends character on the Mandalorian and just pretend like she has no ties to Luke Skywalker or nothing like that. It yeah. just, it kind of like the Ahsoka deal, Nick, where. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be fan service. There'd be jaws dropping. But in the end, narratively, you'd probably have a lot of fans going like, nah, 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 nah. That's, that's not how you do Mara Jade. You don't just pretend like everything that was written about her before doesn't exist. Yeah. The only way that I could see them pulling this off is if they introduce Ming-Na as an Imperial Assassin. Because, I yeah. mean, that is what Mara Jade was. Like, Mara Jade was the Emperor, Emperor's hand. She was her his primary assassin. That's how she got to meet Luke Skywalker in the old EU. Now, what you can do is just say, okay, well, Mara Jade has been removed from canon, but we like the idea of the Imperial Assassin. Bring that character back in as being played by Ming-Na and just kind of shift shit around, like not position it to where like, Oh, this character is associated with Luke Skywalker or anything like that. Like you can right. essentially retell the story where this character, this new Imperial assassin is now associated with the Mandalorian in some way and then turns good. It, you could tell a similar redemption style story for that type of character. But I don't think that you could just straight up say like, this is Mara Jade and then just remove the Skywalker from the name and just deny that that ever happened. <laughs> like that would. Be yeah, I don't know. I guess the way you break it down, it could work. Because, I mean, unless something is revealed in, in Tross, there is no Mary Jade Skywalker in canon. Yeah, There exactly. never was, really. I mean, let's be real. She wasn't canon. Yeah. Uh, it was all like old school EU, which, I mean, old school EU legitimately was not canon. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's... At least the, the books and shit. Like, I mean, all, all the Zahn books, all the, the Mara books, the Thrawn books, all that was just made-up stuff. But no, you could. But the problem is, there is no Empire anymore. So, yeah, is she an assassin for Moff Gideon? Yeah. Like some of these warlord moths? Okay. It could be something like that. You know, we okay. have the remnant around, and she could be loyal to one of those, you know to Gideon or to Werner Herzog's character or something like that. And it would work. I mean, it just like our, our spin on the Mandalorian characters will, or Mandalore characters will work because of their heritage ties potentially to the Mandalore or just, Hey, we we're all Mandalorians. So let's get together and have a fucking party, right? Bang some helmets. 
but no, I mean, okay, I, I've 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 softened up on the on the mayor call now. I, I'd actually say it could make a little bit more sense than I initially computed in my brain when I busted this out. So there we go. We'll see. I mean, uh, one day we'll figure out who Ming-Na is playing, and hopefully it's one of these five. If it is, you for damn sure, I'm going to be <laughs> screaming it out loud that SWT fucking nailed that shit. So get ready for some uh, cockiness, some arrogance. If it happens, it's coming. And if it doesn't, I'll be like everyone else and just be like, well, hey, it's a speculation video. I didn't say it was going to happen, right? Yeah, it's not a leak. I mean, Nick and I need to learn. We need to just start putting shit out like it's true and rumors and people run with it. Because I saw another one today from a site I never heard of. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I heard from a guy they're definitely going to port Solo to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so, I saw that and I was like, this is the stupidest oh, shit I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds great, but I could fucking make up that story. Dude, I read the article. Why am I not making up these stories? I read the article, and and literally the guy said, like, oh, well, apparently there was this canceled, like, you know, Cantina Tales movie and blah, blah, blah. So what they're going to do is— Yeah, that's called the Mandalorian dumb fuck. Yeah, so he's like, what they're going to do is they're going to take that, and they're just going to pick up Solo from where— I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Shut well, that's, up. That's just our problem, man. We're stupid. We don't do things the way 21st century people want them done. They just, let's just start putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. Solo 2 coming to Disney Plus. You know, who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe five years down the road we'll get Solo. Re- it does, because I, I broke news on EB. Like, I, I called that Punisher was getting canceled months before it got canceled because I know, because I have a legit source. I called that Swamp Thing was literally going to be canceled the second day it was out and that the uh, DC, whatever, the streaming service is probably going to get reformulated. Trust me, that's all happening. But no one cares. No one cares. Even when I'm right, they didn't care. So, I mean, they're not going to care if we're wrong either, so let's just start <laughs> start making shit up. up. Yeah. Like, when you say you know a guy, I'll be that guy. And when I write I know a guy, you'll be the guy. Yeah. We're just each other's guy, and that's it. That's all, that's all, all right, that matters. So we'll, we'll practice this week, my friends. We'll, we'll see how many clickbaity bullshits we can get out of there. Maybe we'll put our Mike Zero hat on. Oh, yeah. And just start making shit up <laughs> and just be like, we know a guy. Mike, I know a guy. Mike knows Zero. There we go. All right. Okay, so those are our, our five possible guesses for who Ming-Na would be playing. We may or may not know on November 12th. Who knows? We still don't know if she's going to be a regular on the show, just dipping in. Either way, I hope we're right. Yeah. All right. So the next one here. few more, but kind of on the same lines. This is all stemmed from Filoni's quote. So the angle here, Nick, is 11 of Filoni's animated Star Wars characters who could make their live-action debut in The Mandalorian. We've already talked about four of them. Four of them. Yep. So we've got seven seven left to go. And I think some of these would be fun just to have as a passerby, as an Easter egg, or as, as you were kind of pitching with uh, Sabine, maybe like an episode arc, a two-episode arc to kind of show up and be like, hey, shit, I remember them from the cartoons. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so first up, Everybody's we already talked about the four, right? We got, we got Sabine, Ursa, Bo, and Ahsoka. Yep. So there's four. Uh, moving on from those four, I'm going to go with someone I think it would be a fucking perfect fit. I'm talking Cinderella glass <laughs> slipper meant for this show. And that is my man, Hondo Onaka. Oh, yeah. This is like the perfect fit. Like you said, this is everybody's favorite pirate. 
you know, this guy has, and he's essentially become like a, like a spokesperson for Disney star Wars because he has this, this life size animatronic remake of, of, of himself in, uh, galaxy's edge. Like Hondo Onaka is literally like greeting people as they walk into fucking galaxy's edge and, and Disney world and Disneyland. And like you mentioned, this guy in the in the post, you say it perfectly. He oozes shadiness. I love that fucking that quote because he does. Like he's a pirate. He's a fucking miscreant. He is the definition of a scoundrel. And he would go in like if we're gonna be dealing with the seediness of the underworld and bounty hunters and all this different shit, smugglers, pirates would have to come into it. Like, and that yeah. is that is Hondo's fucking shit. Like he's always. I mean, his middle name is the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like he is just so perfect for the show. I mean, he has appeared across all three trilogies in some form or fashion. Made his debut in Clone Wars. Got in mix. Got in the mix in Rebels. He's in the Freemaker Adventures. He's in the Forces of Destiny short. Hanging out with Maz Kanata. I, I mean, the guy's all over the place. So he he's one of these weird characters where he's not fully bad, not fully good. He's in the middle. He's kind of like his own type of character. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm trying to think of other characters like him. I mean, the closest possibly is uh, Empire Lando Calrissian, I was going to say, that's exactly where I was going to go, is like Lando before joining up with the yeah. Rebels. Like, he's he's playing his own game. Like, he doesn't give a fuck what's going on. Like, he's going to get his own. I, I mean, He'll play Hondo's very DJ. Yeah, he is. Will. Don't you join. go modern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, whoever's going to pay him, wherever the money's at, he'll side with whoever as long as he gets his. Yeah. And he's usually going to try to fuck over the side after he gets his, be it good guys or bad guys. That's why, to me, I mean, literally, I'm pretty sure he has a tattoo of the Mandalorian on his chest right now. It's just, it would be the perfect addition to the show. And, I mean, not only is he would he be perfect fit in terms of just, you know, where he sits in the Star Wars kind of hierarchy of where characters are shows like this and star Wars in general have always had like comedic relief. And that would be Hondo's role here. Like Hondo is like the comedic relief that would come in and do something stupid or like fuck up a job or something like that. Like it's, yeah, it'd be perfect. Perfect show. Um, I mean, you've got a lot, essentially a live action version at both of the galaxy's edge parks now. So you might as well just wheel that machine onto the set and fucking just have them waving. If anything. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Just in the background. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So up next is another one. I think would be a good fit, but it really depends on in Filoni's mind, if he's going to continue the arc he had planned for this character in the clone wars. And that is Cad Bane. And the reason I say that is because, I think it was two celebrations ago. Yeah, the TLJ celebration. There was a a panel that Filoni did, and he showed some unprocessed footage from the Clone Wars, like the season he wanted to tell, not the not the lost episodes and all that shit. But there was a duel between Boba and Cad Bane, and Boba wins. But it, it also explains how Boba gets that dent in his helmet. So essentially, him and Cad have a duel. Cad gets a shot off and nails him in the head, but because Boba's wearing his Mando helmet. He gets the dent, he gets knocked out, but his shot takes out Cad. So Cad Bane and Mandalorian, like I said, it really comes down to does Filoni want to finish his arc in the new season of Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. Or is he just going to scrap that concept and, you know, let's get this badass bounty hunter in the Mandalorian? Yeah, I think 
he would be better served in the Mandalorian because I he love is, Cad Bane, by the way, man. Yeah, I mean, he is a badass bounty hunter. He's such a strong character, and he's essentially your primary villain within like the first season and a half of Clone Wars. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, the kidnapping and everything like that that goes on in the early seasons of Clone Wars. Cad Bane was a primary villain, and he really like stood out amongst everybody else there. And having him come into the Mandalorian. And like you say, kind of play the foil to the primary character. If he is like his primary bounty hunter adversary, that would be fantastic. I mean, yeah. you couldn't ask for a better, you know, duo to the to the Mandalorians, you know, you know, his good to, to Cad Bane's bad. I mean, and he also just looks like a badass motherfucker. I, like I was going to say, man, I mean, just look wise, he would be great to have on screen in live action form with his with his like sombrero Dude, type of hat on yeah. his dual guns. Motherfucker dresses uh, like a cowboy. He like yeah. he whips the, the dual pistols, too. He's got the two pistols. I mean, look, I, how did I not include that on the pro list? He literally dresses like a cowboy in which the in the Mandalorian is being pitched as a Wild West Star Wars show. Yeah, so. it's like a Star Wars Western. I mean, he's perfect. They don't even need to go back to the costume department for him. Just literally right from page to screen. Just take just the Filoni can take draw the hat right there. off of Filoni's head and just put it right on the character. Exactly. <laughs> that is, it pretty much is Filoni's hat. All right, so uh, moving on to the next one here, and this, this would be fun, and instead of maybe playing into the, the, the seedy side of the Mandalorian, maybe tap into the lighter side with Kara, and that would be a, a little appearance by our buddy Captain Rex, who I th- believe by the time Rebels ends, he's Commander Rex, but we, we do know Rex makes it past Return of the Jedi. He was part of Han Solo's strike unit. He's the old guy with the beard. Yeah. I'm kind of pitching, yeah, it'd be cool maybe to have him cameo come in and maybe him and Kara know each other from the rebellion and he helps them out for an episode, something like that. That's perfect. I mean, this is a character, like you said, who who's made it through two cartoon series already. And we know he makes it into return of the Jedi. You see this, you see the shot he's on Han Solo strike team. He's the old guy with the white beard. That's captain Rex. So like, Having that character's journey continue into the Mandalorian is a perfect way to show, like, hey, look, we are respecting these things that we set up in canon. Like, here he is again. And you mentioned the perfect way to bring him in, Cara Dune. We know she was a former Rebel Shock Trooper. Of course they would know each other. Like, they're the elite of the elite. So, I mean, I think, you know, in terms of likelihood of one of these characters getting in, Right now, to me, Captain Rex seems like the most likely one to make it. Yeah, I'm I'm still going with Hondo because he's so. There's a lot of angles you could use him in, but I'm with you. I mean, Captain Rex probably comes in right at two. Cad, like I said, it all depends on Filoni if he really wanted him to die during the Age of the Republic or not. Yeah. Uh, all right, but yeah, I, I'd love to see Captain Rex. I mean, he's a, one of my favorite characters. Uh, I loved him when he was young and fit. I might have loved him even more when he got fat and bald. So, <laughs> uh, he is. He's just one of those. He's not at the level of Ahsoka, but he's pretty damn close in terms of fandom just because of how much Captain Rex was used in the Clone Wars as uh, you know, a li- liaison to Anakin, to Ahsoka, to GK, you name it. Um, all right, moving on. More uh, animated characters, obviously. These are coming as a pair, and I think they're highly unlikely unless it's just a little little cameo, a little run-in at a spaceport. But what about Hair and Chopper, right? I mean, 
We know they make it through Return of the Jedi. Hell, they've already even had their live-action debuts, so I guess they don't technically count for this list. You know, Chopper showed up in Rogue One, and Hera, at least her ship, showed up at the Battle of Scarif. I don't know, but I mean, they they fit, at least timeline-wise. I mean, you could see them maybe coming into a port that the Mando could be at, or Kara. I mean, obviously, they have rebellion ties, so... I was like, hey, why not? Let's throw out Chops and hair. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be a perfect cameo type of role. Like you mentioned, we've already seen that kind of happen in Rogue One with both of them in a way. Uh, but having them come in and not really play a primary role like we were um, suggesting for the previous uh, people on this list, but come in, have a quick cameo, maybe say a couple of words. Like you said, bump into Kara, have a conversation but not stick around too long. Or even if it is just seeing the ghost ship again, I mean, it's a badass looking ship. Um, I think that these two make sense. Like any, anybody in that like rebels era really does kind of fit thematically with what's going on in the Mandalorian. And then they're also so close to that time period already that it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see them. So it's a good call on these two as well. I mean, hell, anyone with a brain, if you watch Star Wars Rebels, you would read or watch my video and go, this guy is just rattling off fucking any surviving Rebels character yeah, possible. The only one that we don't have on this list, spoiler, it's Kane and Jarrus. So, and right. guess what? Well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I don't have Ezra either because he's fucking lost somewhere. Yeah, so. he's, he's out there and Thrawn's out there, <laughs> so they're not going to make Well, him. hey, speaking of the Rebels, the next one I threw out is my man Zeb. Yeah. Right? Garazeb I mean, Aurelius. There yeah, we go. I, I, I think Zeb would be cool to see because it would give us a new uh, Wookiee-ish type of live-action character. I mean, Zeb's not a Wookiee. He's a Lissat. Uh, but, you know, he's he kind of looks like a, a werewolf, yeah. if you will, a purple one at that. He would just be a, a cool-looking character to have in The Mandalorian in a live-action setting. Plus, we know he made it out. I mean, who knows what Zeb's up to? Like I said, he and Callus. They kind of leave together. They're, they're buddies now. Uh, but I, I could see Zeb maybe trying to mill around or maybe get some jobs or, or help good people out in this lawlessness world that the Mandalorian's going to present. Yeah, I mean, he seems like if any of the if former rebels seems like the the type to like link themselves up for CD jobs or like take, you know, I don't want to say like protection money, you know, like be a bodyguard or something like that. Oh, yeah. It'd probably be Zeb. And you know, as of right now, we don't know if we have that kind of, you know, Chewbacca style of presence like we've seen in the movies, obviously, and in, in, in the television shows as well. So, I mean, he would be pretty cool to bring in as like this hulking alien figure, you know, that really has this physical presence, has this really, you know, this deep gravelly voice. I mean, I think he would be a really cool addition to the show. Um, even if he was in a semi-recurring role, I think that would be pretty cool because he is a fun character to to have around. Like, and he fits along with the aesthetic and what's going on in the show. So I think that's a good call. Um, and then you mentioned Callus. Um, he's the last one up on the list as well, and he's the you know towards the end of Rebels. He's the Imperial that turns Rebel that helps take down the Empire. Um, so. And like you mentioned, like there's a lot of with this character, there's a lot of this this odd shit happening in the galaxy. Like there's, you know, there's not really a form like a formed government yet, but there's still Imperial Remnant hanging around. 
Like they probably like some of this Imperial remnant probably knows this motherfucker turned on them and helped to, you know, bring the empire down. So having, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I threw callous in there. I mean, he, he actually ended up being a really interesting character because of his turn. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what I pitch. I mean, maybe these Imperials with hard-ons are looking to get some revenge you know, maybe he's trying to work for the New Republic to try to restore some order in the Outer Rim. But, I mean, that'd be a cool character to have on the show. Yeah, I mean, just that whole dynamic. Like, you know, is does he still have his allegiance to the Rebellion post-Fall of the Empire? Or was it just kind of like, you know, something he did? He just decided this was good, and now he's going to go off until, like... Right, like it was his mission just to get rid of Palpatine's Empire, and then, hey, fuck it, whatever springs up, springs up. Yeah. But I have a feeling with how in tuned he was with the rebel leadership he probably went on to help with the new republic formation or he would want to but like i said i mean that's what this show could explore it could dip in on him at least show what the hell he's up to yeah i mean that could definitely be a character that's you know top of mind for Werner herzog or for you know moff gideon like we need to get the motherfucker who brought us down like we need to exactly so exactly good yeah that's a good call i mean all of these characters that you mentioned here would be perfect fits within the 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 era and the and oh the yeah time of the it, it would be awesome just just as dave quoted i mean just think about you've, you've watched these characters for years in animated form and then when you see them in live action i mean i, I can remember the first time i watched rogue one and the battle scarf came up and i'm like wait 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 that's the fucking ghost. Yeah, it's like, live action ghost. yay, like I'm 10 years old. It's, but that, that type of shit is cool to people like us, right? Oh, yeah. Dude. We like all these fake worlds, you know? Why not stitch them all together? I love Animated it. in the live action, live action and animated. It's just one big happy fucking Star Wars family. It's going to be great. And, I mean, hopefully we know, basically, we have confirmation from from Filoni and from uh, Favreau that season two of Mandalorian is basically a done deal. So hopefully this show is not just like a one and done or a two and done and that we can see this continue for many years to come. And yeah, many yeah. Let's, to come. let's run this bitch, man. I mean, cause it is, fuck, I mean, fuck like, setting an end date. I mean, let this thing go. Like being that we're now moving away from the Skywalker period of time, the Skywalker saga in film the Mandalorian is the perfect way to continue the legacy of the Skywalker era while also bringing in and breathing life into these characters that have only been seen in animated series or something like that. So, I mean, don't kill the Mando just because, you know, the, the age of the, you know, the ages, the age of the rebellion, the age of the resistance is over. Let this show continue and really carry on the legacy of the Skywalker era. So that's, I mean, hopefully it's Disney knows. You hear them, Disney? Don't fuck with the shit. If it's good, just let it run. Don't be HBO with Game of Thrones and decide that it needs to end in a certain number of years and then it gets all fucked up. Just if the people want to keep doing it, let them do it. Yes. All right. Agreed. All right, my friend. Well, we, we've waded through the news. We got through the speculations. We kind of laid down our guesses for Migna and any expanded universe character that could show up in The Mandalorian. Now it's time for the segment that most of you are probably tuning in for, and that <laughs> is the top five Instagram artists of the week, a.k.a. the top five Star Wars fan features of the week. As always, throughout the week, I kind of Throw up some images for you guys to look at and to appreciate. And then at the end of the week, Nick goes through them all and he lets his eye 
settle on the five best. Yeah. In terms of best, it doesn't mean you're better than her or she's better than you. It's just what stood out to Nick when he was sitting down, having his hot toddy, and selecting the top five. So, Nick, let's go ahead and get into it. First up this week, I got to say that this week is a particularly strong week. One, because it was, I mean, the, let's, the heavy hitters came out in force. Oh, yes. I'm talking like the pros did. I mean, the, the Mac daddies of toy photography. Trust me, we have heavy hitters. We have a new top five member in here as well. Two new top five members, actually. But uh, these, these, you know, selection of five are particularly excellent. So first up we have, I believe I dubbed him the master of the mashup many many top fives ago this is mr nose rain coming in look at this shit with just the coolest this is this may be one of the coolest interpretations slash mashups that i've seen from him and it's because he's not really mashing like one nerd property with with star wars he's taking a a really cool vr game called beat saber and if you've ever seen you know commercials for the oculus go or commercials for you know the the Oculus Rift. There's a game that's called Beat Saber where you're literally like you're swinging the controllers around and they're lightsabers and you're like cutting up these blocks. It's almost yeah. Kind you of, slash through the the musical notes. Yeah, I mean, it's like almost instead like of guitar being a guitar here, here yeah. where you strum on something, you actually slash through it to play the note. So what we see here is Kylo Ren <laughs> whipping a. Sony VR headset, it looks yeah, like. Look at him. And he's got the Beat Saber blocks <laughs> flying at him. He's got two of his vented lightsabers in his hand, swinging them around, cutting the, you know, cutting right. the beats. Like the one, the one's kind of blue, the one's red. I mean, it's yeah. really just Nick's right. I mean, the the concept here is insane. The the level of imagination Richie flexes in these shots is just mind-boggling to me. But then the execution is even better. I, I mean, you got like the light blue version of Kylo's blade, the, the red one. Look at the, the lighting coming in, the, the source from the top, yep. the source from the side, the atmosphere. He's got his helmet laying there. He's got a little fucking <laughs> Oculus on his head. I know, it's perfect, dude. And, and I can almost guarantee you, Nose Rain, if you're listening, we'd love the feedback. I can almost guarantee you he either made that fucking thing or had someone make it. Yeah, yeah, Nose like, Rain. I, I don't think that's bullshit. I don't think that's like Photoshopped onto Kylo's head. Yeah, it looks like it's an actual thing. And I was wondering, when I was looking at this too, <laughs> I was I mean. like, man, do they have like a figure? Is there a figure out there? Not obviously not in Star Wars land that has like this little. Uh, uh, more than likely, but that that's like what people like Nose Rain do. That they somehow find these one twelve scale props to use, and then they just let their mind go wild, and you get stuff like this. I mean, I would never in my wildest dreams, wildest dreams. I don't care what type of drugs I'm on, if I'm hallucinating or not. Never would I sit there and go, "Fuck, you know what? You know, it'd be an awesome shot." If I portrayed Kylo Ren playing Beat Saber, I know, like it just takes a special mind to think of shit. Yeah, like that. and it's then like... to just to execute it the way Nose Rain does here. I mean, please, top notch. It's please, beautiful. Please. Like stuff. I said, heavy hitter. I watched this guy come on the scene, new account. I think within two years, he's in the the forty thousand plus follower range, and shots like this are a reason why. Yeah, yeah, the guy's a genius. So. Uh, fantastic job there by Nose Rain at Nose Rain on Instagram, N O S E R A I N. Um, next up, so 
I, I put in the post here that, that Matt kind of laid out a teaser, maybe a little bit of a, I, I did, I did. And you felt it through the force and this wasn't even the shot I was talking about, but you still grabbed the artist. Yeah. So, so, so I, at eye of Utah <laughs> on Instagram, is that how you say that shit? That's what I think. You Cause I, apparently this is like a Marvel character or something, but I, I mean, I've been following the guy's name is Tom. I've been following him for, for years. I mean, the guy does fantastic one-six scale photography, predominantly, as you can see from this shot Nick's about to talk about. But for some reason, my brain always wants to read it. I have Uatau, but Uatau. I think it, yeah, it's it I be. have Uatu? I don't know. Yeah, it's U-A-T-U. So, Tom, get back to us and let us know how Uatu? to say it. Give us a little phonetic break. But apparently, I think it's like some Marvel it is. It's overlord Marvel. brain guy. Yeah, if you shit. look, he almost looks like like his primary picture is of Utah or however you say it. Right, Uatu. he looks kind of like Krang. From, I was gonna say uh, he's got a right Krang. TMNT. Yeah, he's got a Krang look to his face for sure. That the so what anyways, we, let's get in the Tom shot because it's fucking boss. Yeah. So what we see here is a is a fucking I don't know if this is like a like an additional head sculpt that came with the, the mall figure that we see here. Yeah, it is. This okay. is the, this is what I was telling you about. This is the one six scale hot toys mall. So you get two heads, you get the one with the action mouth, like, the, ah, yeah, okay. and then you get the closed one. So, yeah. So, yeah. So what we see is mall with the action pose head sculpt and a perfect kind of, you know, lunging at you, uh, like dual saber still lit behind him coming forward almost in like a rushing motion towards somebody and it's just like what is so fantastic about this is that it perfectly captures maul as a character like this this shot oh yeah his his anger yeah. his hate his suffering it's all uh, it's all kind of wrapped up in that face and the way uh, tom lit it and if you look at the eye there, I'm guessing he dodged it a bit to make the yellow pop or maybe overlaid some yellow coloring. But that yeah. just it's little tweaks like that, Nick, that can take excellent shots and make them masterpieces. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, this. having Maul's eye in there, obviously, you know what Darth Maul looks like without having both of his eyes visible. But having that eye... Yeah, just catch, lighten it up the yellow yeah. a bit, make it a little brighter. Catch you. It catches your vision. And that's what really makes this thing sing is because you have, you know, part of his face is in shadow. Then you have the lit part of it. The eye really pops. The saber, the stance, the pose, everything about this is fantastic. And, you know, obviously Tom here knows what he's doing. Well over 10,000. Oh, th this guy is. just beyond what he does with a camera and, and post-processing. At Eye of Utu is one of the greatest people on instagram in the toy photography community that's anytime this guy leaves a comment on a shot of mine and, and the rest of you you've you've probably gotten them too it, it's so thought out and genuine it's like i wish there was more people like tom in the world i mean he, he's a guy he, he'll even go to a shot that maybe not even that great and still give the artist a, a fantastic comment, not just like me. You know, I'll be like, dope, awesome, <laughs> dude. Or I'll do like emojis like up, finger up, yeah, high five. You know, because I'm a lazy asshole. <laughs> I have Utu. I mean, he literally, some, he'll write like sometimes a, a, a dissertation on people's posts. Like, I really like this. I like what you did here. I like the color, the angle, the shadows, perspective. I mean, just just a, a, a great guy. So I'm glad we, we finally got to talk about him on, on the top five here because, I mean, the dude, 
dude's a master. He's a genuinely good human. Uh, he's he, he's kind of like me. I, I love Tom's work because he's more of a portrait guy or a what I like to call kind of like this shot, like an action portrait. Yeah. Uh, where you're not farting around with fucking fireworks and wires and smoke and this, that, and the other thing. You're just kind of focusing on the figure and trying to get emotion out of the figure through a still picture. And he, he fucking really nails it. This nails it. I mean, dude, wait, I, I shared another one, I think, from him today or yesterday. He's continuing his mall series. He's got him fighting Kylo. Oh, nice. nice. May have to make the top five again. but <laughs> Could happen. It could happen. We'll see. Sure. You are the gatekeeper. But anyways, check him out. Eye of Uatu. U-A-T-U. Or Uatau. How the fuck you Get back to us on that, Tom. All right, so next up, I mean, seeing this shot and then opening up Operators of the Republic's feed, I don't know how I haven't seen this guy before. I don't know how he has because I love troopers, and this is Operators of the Republic's specialty. Nick has that tattooed on his penis, by the way. I need to get it because this is— I love troopers. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've said it multiple times. If you put up a dope-ass trooper shot, it's almost guaranteed you're going to be making it into the top five. I don't know why. It just fucking captures me. So, Like you said, pull up his page, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking—he's a killer. And so it's at operators underscore of underscore the underscore republic on Instagram. And what we have here is a fantastic— shot of again matt you have to come in because i don't know the troopers which trooper version is this 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 would have been a phase one clone okay because of the fin phase one clone trooper yep because the fin on top of the helmet there we go. and and the eye they they actually still had the this, the, the whole the eye instead of slit. right yeah yep. see i'm getting i'm kind of getting there but it's a fantastic shot of the phase one trooper in like in action, firing, he's got a pistol in one hand, firing, you see a beautiful blue, you know, beam coming from it. And then what really kind of makes this shot sing is, one, the pose that Operators of the Republic pulls off here, and two, the, the post-processing that he does to really kind of make oh, yeah. all of the colors pop here. And well, add that? I mean, stuff. Nick, these, these aren't even standard figures, what you're looking at, like... These are customs. Oh, okay, so these are all custom figures. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this guy—I don't even know how he's made. Ha- I mean, some of them look like fucking drawings. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say like the the this. I couldn't tell if it was a figure or if it was like a standard piece of art. But like he, I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't know if he creates all of them, but I believe he only shoots custom figures. Yeah, because if you go to his page, you can see like he has a. Um, you know, he has a story on his on his page that shows all of the custom work that he's done, and like these customs photograph fucking fantastically. And yeah. the guy that the I mean the the oh shit, these are one six scales then. These are big boys. Yeah, I saw that. If you scroll through them, they're definitely the bigger you know figures of one six scales. But like the the post processing work that Operators of Republic puts in here is fantastic. Like it it just all around. This looks like something like a shot out of a movie. It doesn't even look like it's a figure. It looks like this is something taken from visual media. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's totally. fantastic. I, and th- this guy's got the skills on, on all fronts. I mean, customizing, shooting, post-processing. Yeah. So um, fantastic work here by Operators of the Republic at Operators Yeah, of I mean, the if, you, if you've got hard-ons for 
troopers or bucketheads, this is this is a guy to check out. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, he it seems to be predominantly clones. Yes. Uh, but I think I saw a few few standard buckets in there yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, even if you you know you go you go down a little bit, you can see uh you know a Dooku and Grievous shot. They got some of those. Oh in man, there. look at the scout trooper with the like shark face on it. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Damn it! I may have to start sending this guy some money. Yeah, so you're like, hey man, can you sling me a couple of these? Yeah. Oh my God! Look at this guy. Dude is okay. Any, any, yeah, I mean, th- this is a page you could just kind of scroll through, and say a lot of cuss words and a lot of <laughs> what the yeah. How does this even work? But yeah, hey, that I mean that that's why we do what we do, my friends. It's to hopefully introduce new Star Wars fans to you, but also just share the work that they dedicate to the Star Wars universe. With the rest of you, I mean, you know, Nick and I, we write up posts, we talk, I do a little photography, but it, it's just, it's awesome to see what people do with their passions for Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, okay, so next up on the list is a returning top five uh, member. So. True Perry. True Perry. And what we have here is a super fun <laughs> mashup. <laughs> So we got uh, our primary figure here is Han Solo, but he's not acting like Han Solo. He's acting like Harrison Ford's other iconic character. He's acting like Indiana Jones. So what we see is Han Solo is definitely in like a, you know, a, a diorama that's probably from, you know, like the Death Star or something like that. And he's got a golden C-3PO figure on a pedestal and he's, hovering over it and he's holding a bag of sand in his other hand exactly <laughs> like uh raiders of the lost ark the beginning of when he's taking that idol so he's about to make the switch he's about to pull the c3po gold figure off and then drop that bag of sand on and hope that ball doesn't oh, yeah. come rolling down from the top oh yeah man this fucking straight <laughs> up indiana solo i mean yeah i, I love this I- again this is another thing where i'm like huh would I ever think of this? No, no fucking shot in hell. <laughs> Absolutely no shot in hell. It's just, it is awesome. It is Nick. Nick was setting it up. It's literally a recreation of one of the most iconic openings in, in all of cinema. And that's Indiana Jones trying to steal that idol and the big ball chasing him out. Um, but it, you know, he did it with Han. It, it's on probably the Death Star somewhere. It's just, it's so perfect. I mean, the the pose, <laughs> the lighting on his face. I can just feel Han sitting there like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Oh, All yeah. right, do it. And just <laughs> he makes the switch. And then what, what do you think comes out of here? Like it's just a never-ending flood of stormtroopers oh, yeah, start dude. chasing him. It's, it's almost like you, you would have, like, if this was the age of the Republic, I would say it's just like a bunch of buzz droids come flying out. But you know, we're, we're obviously in the age of the rebellion, but yeah, it's just like the, the door opens up behind him. Stormtroopers run in and he's fucking doing his thing. Like he did in a new hope. Where <laughs> ah, <before>. yeah. ah, <laughs> I love that. So I do have one question. What is this C3PO? Is this just like a custom thing that he um, made? Like, I think it's an Ushi. An Ushi. What is that? Yeah. To, to punch out the Google machine, but search Star Wars Ushis like O O S H I E. S H I E. Oh wow. Let's see. Oh my goodness. Look at these little things. <laughs> yeah. I maybe it no. Could, it it 
I mean, these look like they're generally just like the heads, but no, actually, yeah, like, no. there's there's one C3PO one that kind of looks like it could fit. It's close. It's close. Either way, I'm pretty <laughs> sure one of our other favorite fan artists, Daz, yes. Darren Tibbles, he designed some of these Ushis, some of the new Ushis. Oh, wow. Man. This so, like, he <laughs> does get, like, professional work yeah. uh, for shit like this. But, yeah, that, that's what I, that's my guess. It's something like that. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, actually, I can see, in, like, one of these little Ushis that may fit. Uh, and and look like C3PO but yeah true Perry I just I'm wondering like if true Perry was just kind of looking he's like he saw the C3PO and that was the genesis of the idea Yeah cuz that that's usually what it is for me it's not it's not the Han character would make me think ooh I could do this I I'm assuming True, I can't help myself. Anytime I see that, I have to do that. But two U's really I, throw you. I know. I'm I'm assuming he, he sees that little C three PO, and that's where the light bulb was like, oh shit, that could be an idol. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Either way, I mean that that's just we love the creativity here, my friends. I mean this, this as Nick said, we got the the big boys, the heavy hitters, the you know double digit thousand follower type of accounts. Oh yeah, so. Fantastic work by True Perry at True T R U U P P E R I on Instagram. Guys, fantastic with all of his stuff. Multiple top five contestants. So, oh yeah. Last up, we have Uh-oh. we have one Uh-oh. of the Uh-oh. one of the one of the best. One of the clearly one of our biggest supporters. Somebody well, I, that didn't we didn't last week did we settle on. So he is a goat. He is. He is. He is a goat. He you is. know what? I, I, hold on. The fact that and Jesse's always good about throwing stuff up in his stories of that he's picked up from listening to a new episode of the show. And he's always good at bitching about being bumped down the one one B. I'm wondering if he missed the episode where we deemed him the goat, which in turn would make him not the goat oh whoa that's a good call it's a good call we think but i mean should we keep goat status on jesse here I mean, aka with the, ever thin kylo everything kylo i mean with a shot like this i mean this is yeah i mean he's definitely goat goat material yeah. but I, I you know what <laughs> the other goat didn't make a mention of it either so he probably didn't listen either so i guess when you have the goats both dropping the ball they remain they at remain. goat status for now they remain the goats but these guys look even in, even in the damn caption what i put one of our one of our level fans. goat emoji level fans yeah. and he didn't even pick up on that look at that but i mean this guy you Jesse, son of a bitch everything kylo he's come through multiple times for us hooking matt up with the exclusive galaxy's edge figures from disneyland in california and then always coming through with the clean, crisp, sexy oh, yeah, shots, he's, he's like Action this. Jackson. Yeah. I mean, if you want an action shot with either fireworks or dust particles, you go to everything. And that's what we got here. We have a perfect trooper action shot. This is another clone uh, version one, series one trooper. But what's really cool about this, and Matt, you again, your expertise will come in here. Is this camo pattern something that was released, or is this a custom okay, job? Okay, yeah, by so Jesse? check this out. Uh, uh, and this is my stab on what Jesse's doing here. The body, that's Commander Gree. Okay. Because uh, he does come with camo. Gotcha. 
the little wraps, I'm guessing Jesse added that because he's a pimp, getting a little customizing in. Yeah. It looks like he popped a head and painted it from a Phase 1 clone trooper. Yep. Uh, the backpack comes from a sand trooper. Dude, he's just got everything going on here. Yeah, so this <laughs> this is what I'd call it, it, it is a it, it's definitely a custom, but it, it's it's a a kit bash. I was gonna say it's like a kit bash semi. It's a kit bash. That, I mean, he did expertly. I mean, the, the the little cloth wraps on the on the shoulder on the gun stock. I mean, that's fucking primo level shit right there. Uh, the helmet paint. I don't know if he did that, but the helmet definitely needed painted. The weathering. And then just, you know, jamming the pack on that. Oh, you can't even jam the pack on this, right? Because it needs a hole. Look, he's even got little fucking strings he's got straps to hold on the pack it. off. You can see it over his shoulders, yeah. <laughs> Damn you, everything. Look at you. Yeah, this is a killer shot. And, I mean, everything from the pose to the, you know, the the execution of the shot, the the detail of the kit bash, like Matt was oh, yeah. just breaking down. Like Jesse is one of the best running posers out there. Like he's got the run pose down like a boss. Oh yeah, and it, it's harder than you think. Like I try to make people look like they run, they look like they're fucking idiots. Yeah, it's... like they, they couldn't even run ten feet before they <laughs> fell on their face. You know, I like look, look at Wolf in the background getting his ass yeah, just blasted, fucking flipping upside down. <laughs> like he just—that's like whoa! <laughs> I just got blown the fuck up. Yeah, but I mean, this whole shot, the execution, the concepting, the the posing, everything—it uh, was just perfect by everything Kylo. I mean, the guy is a killer, and that's why he always gets mentioned alongside Sir Dork and our. You know, even if they don't make the top five, they will oftentimes come up. Because these guys are just the next. Yeah, level. I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're 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 top level photographers. Uh, the reason they get a lot of mentions on here, I mean, it's probably the same reason a lot of you only listen to the shows you're mentioned in. <laughs> these guys, they interact with us. Yeah, they they promote us. They throw up stories talking about new episodes, and you should listen that and that. That goes a long, long way with both of us. Yes. I mean, I, I love it. I'm honored by it. Touched by it. Uh, I can't tell you. I mean, we make no money for this shit. We, we lose money doing a lot of this stuff. The reason we do this is for the interaction with other fans, for the feedback. Even if it's negative, at least then we're like, hey, people are listening. We like that. That's what it's all about. So, you know, we love guys like Sir Dork and everything. Work more or less. Those of you that kind of interact on IG, keep it up. If you didn't, if you're not hearing your name or you want to interact, interact. You know where to find us. So that about wraps this segment right here, Nick. So yep. we, again, if you haven't heard it, I've said his name about a thousand times, but at ever, just ever, no why, ever thing Kylo on Instagram, and that's our man Jesse there, goat number one, goat number two. Doesn't matter. Him and the dork are both goats. <sighs> All right, my friends. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. It was, it was we made many twists and turns. We started it by yelling at you for being fans or not good fans because you're not coming to StarWarsTime.net to verify if leaks or this, that, and the other thing are legit. We got into just some light news type of stuff. Then we had some fun speculating on EU characters, animated characters that can make it in the Mandalorian. Thanks to some quotes, our boy Dave Filoni has been dropping. So. It's, it's time to say goodbye. It's always a sad time, but it has to happen. But remember, there's always time for Star Wars Time, so you, you, you don't have to leave us. You can always get our thoughts on StarWarsTime.net, where we throw up articles, typically on a daily basis. That's also where you can go to subscribe to the show. 
We're on all the platforms. And if you say, well, you're not on my platform, well, guess what? Your platform sucks. We're on all the good platforms. How's that? You can also get to our YouTube channel from there and subscribe because we do port the show to YouTube. And specifically for the top five, we will throw up the shots so you're not sitting there going, what in the F are these guys talking about? Do they know that they are on radio and we can't see shit? Yes, we do know. That's why we got to YouTube. All right, people. Do what you got to do. Help us out. Spread the word. Subscribe if you haven't. Like, rate, review. Like, rate, review. Rinse and repeat. Can't stress it enough. That stuff does wonders for the SWT boys. All right. You just got to remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Oh. (laughs) 